the Phenomenal Fan Podcast. A podcast by the fan for the fan. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome, 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 welcome. Phenomenal Fan Podcast, episode 52. Thanks for tuning in, as always. And we got a great episode for you guys today. Recording after the National Championship. Georgia played TCU. And it was ugly. We're going to talk about the college football playoff national championship. We're going to talk about how it can be fixed because it can be fixed. And hopefully you guys can get a little bit of a a sense of the fact that there is no. Not all hope is lost for college football after seeing the beatdown that Georgia gave TCU in the national championship. So let's just get right into it. All right. For those of you who don't know and live under a rock, Georgia played TCU in the national championship on Monday night, January 9th. They beat them 65-7. to 65-7. At no point was this game even a little bit entertaining, except for when TCU scored a touchdown in the first quarter. And it made it 10-7 to Georgia. After that, TCU didn't score a single point. In the meantime, Georgia put up uh, another 55 points. And they won 65-7. to Okay. Now, the main talking point from the national championship between Georgia and TCU is the blowout factor. And everybody talking about how a lot of other teams, in other people's opinions, would not have gotten destroyed in such an embarrassing fashion the way TCU did against Georgia. That's the main talking point. Everybody's sitting around saying, no way these other schools would have gotten blown out by Georgia in the national championship. But then you sit back and people say Michigan wouldn't have got beat up by Georgia, but Michigan lost to TCU. So how could that be? Ohio State didn't get blown out by Georgia. Some people are saying Alabama wouldn't have gotten beat, uh, blown out by Georgia. The fact of the matter is there, there's multiple takeaways from this national championship game and this college football playoff situation. There's multiple takeaways, okay? Takeaway number one is the SEC is far and away, the SEC is far and away the best conference in college football. It's not even a little bit close. It is far and away the best conference in college football. But what about Vanderbilt? What about the, yes, I understand every conference has bad teams. But the top teams in the SEC are among the best in the country. 
since the year 2000, there have been 23 college football national champions combined with the BCS format and the college football playoff format. The SEC has won 13 of the 23 national championships since 2000. The next closest is the ACC with four. Two for Clemson, one for Florida State, one for Miami. The Big Ten has two, both of them were Ohio State. The Big 12 has two, Oklahoma and Texas. The Pac-12 has zero. The Pac-10 has two, and those are USC back-to-back in the early 2000s. That's how long ago it was for the Pac-12, that they were the Pac-10. Josh Heupel, the head coach for Tennessee, was asked in an interview on the Bussin' with the Boys podcast with Will Compton and Taylor Lewan about how the college football playoff should be seeded. And his answer was basically, take the top four teams from the SEC. And the guys on the podcast freaked out, threw their hands up, went crazy, because both of those guys are, are Big Ten guys. Lewan was in Michigan and Will Compton's in Nebraska, I believe. They threw their hands up. They were just blown away. They were baffled by it. When in all reality, that's probably closest to the best answer he could have given. Obviously, he's a SEC head coach anyway, so he's going to say something like that. But if you'd have given me a college football playoff this year between Georgia, LSU, Alabama, and Tennessee, it would have been five times more entertaining. Whatever the national championship matchup would have been amongst those four teams would have been better than the Georgia TCU game. The point is, the SEC is leaps and bounds better than the rest of the conferences in college football. Luckily, luckily, in the coming years, they're going to be expanding the college football playoff to 12 teams. Luckily. And when that happens, you're going to see an inclusion of more SEC teams, like this year, for example, would have included Georgia, LSU, Tennessee, and Alabama. And they all play in the first round, and they're all going to win their games. And then... We're going to get down to the final eight and more than half of them almost every year are going to be SEC football teams. And then we're going to get down to the final four and three out of four will be SEC football teams. And people are going to take a step back and go, oh, wait, maybe the SEC is way better than the rest of the conferences. Way better. And everybody talks about head-to-head matchups, right? Head-to-head. Ohio State. Ohio State barely hung in, or Ohio State played a really good game against Georgia. Ohio State put up a bunch of numbers, uh, and Ohio State almost won. Ohio State almost beat Georgia, who was far and away the best team in the country this year. But Michigan beat Ohio State, so Michigan's better than Ohio State. If you're a person that sits back and genuinely and honestly uses just head-to-head as your first tiebreaker and your deciding factor between which teams are better that you don't know anything about college football. Because if you go through the, and watch the college football national championship and you use that logic, your logic is Michigan's better than Ohio state. Uh, not from what I saw because Michigan couldn't hang with TCU. And then TCU got their doors blown off by Georgia. And then Georgia Barely, barely beat Ohio State. The point is, head-to-head 
is a one game, one circumstance, and in all honesty, a handful of plays that can decide the outcome of a game, especially early on. One turnover here, one fumble from one player can determine the outcome of the entire game. And all of a sudden, one play or one missed field goal, and oh, that team's better because they won the football game. Yeah, they beat them head-to-head, but for some reason, people sit back and use the head-to-head matchups as the only deciding factor. Well, if that's true, Alabama killed Kansas State, and Kansas State beat TCU. So Alabama's better than TCU, right? I personally think that that's true to begin with, but that's the logic you guys are using. When in all reality, because of the nature of football, you can only play one specific game at a time. You don't have the luxury of playing a seven-game series against each other. And if that was the case, and if that happened, combined with the fact that home field advantage in college football is the most drastic home field influence on the outcome of the game in any level at any sport. Home field advantage in college football is such a huge factor into how the uh, into how the games unfold. Home field advantage is a gigantic factor into the outcome of games in college football. Alabama loses to Tennessee at Tennessee by three points. Alabama loses to LSU at LSU by one point. If both of those games are at Alabama, they don't lose because the crowd factor alone is enough to influence a game. And then you sit back and you look at how TCU performs against a team like Georgia. Yeah, you know, you can probably chalk it up to a few different things. You can probably chalk it up to lack of experience, to, uh, you know, just overall maturity, competition level that they've had to play against this year, et cetera, et cetera. Georgia is just far and away the best team physically. They have the best athletes. All those things are probably true in some capacity. My genuine hope, my genuine hope moving forward after the 14 playoff, and and let me say this about the 14 playoff. Having the college football playoff start at four teams was and is absolutely absurd. It completely devalues the competition in each conference. It completely devalues home field advantage, away games, quality of wins, just barely, you know, margin of defeat, things like that. All it does is turn out into a, into a wins and losses, and then who wins their conference. I would take a two-loss team out of the SEC who doesn't win their conference over a one-loss team who does win the Big 12 or the Pac-12. But that's the situation we found ourselves in where a team like USC would have gotten into the playoff or would have been ranked higher than Alabama because they would have only lost one game and they won the Pac-12. The Pac-12, compared to the SEC, it's not even a debate. The SEC is infinitely better than the Pac-12. It's better than the Big 12. It's better than the Big 10. It's way better than the ACC. But in the current format of the college football playoff with four teams, oh boy, four-team playoff, what do we have to value? Well, wins and losses. That's the only determining factor. I don't care if you lost two games by a combined four or five points. Wins and losses. Well, this team has one loss, and this team's undefeated. 
but the one loss team didn't win their conference, but they beat a bunch of really good teams, but the undefeated team won their conference. The undefeated team won the, the undefeated team won the big 12. But Oklahoma went 13 and 0 and won their conference while Alabama lost one game and it was to LSU. And that means they didn't get in or, you know, they didn't get into the sec championship. So they didn't have an opportunity to even play 13 games. They have one loss. But Oklahoma's undefeated. Alabama's way better. Or it, it, you can use any team in that example. It could be Auburn. It could be LSU. It could be Georgia. It could be Tennessee. It could be any of those teams. Every single year, Tennessee has to play Georgia and Alabama. And that is almost automatically always two losses almost automatically because Alabama and Georgia are incredible football programs. So when you sit there and you tell me, Oh, well, this team has two losses. They don't deserve to be in. That's not true. If Tennessee plays a road game in Tuscaloosa, a road game in Athens, and they lose to Alabama by one point and they lose to Georgia by six points. I'm going to take that Tennessee team over a one-loss Pac-12 champion. But the issue with the, the four-team playoff is that it devalues the level of play. It devalues the quality of wins, the road and home factor. It just all it factors in is wins, losses, conference championship, when it's so much more than that. It's so much more than that. College basketball uses what they call the net evaluation tool when they rank teams. The NCAA evaluation tool ranking. Net. And there's different factors that go into it. Team value index is the first one. And it's an algorithm set up to reward teams who beat other good teams. It's a result-oriented component of the of the net. And it only factors in results of games played. Then they have net efficiency. Net efficiency is a calculation of offensive efficiency minus defensive efficiency. So it talks about how the offense does, how the defense performs against different levels of competition, how efficient they are when they do have the ball, when they're on defense. Then it factors in winning percentage. And then it factors in adjusted winning percentage. It's a metric weighted on value based with location and result. You get more points for a road win. You get even points for a neutral win. You get fewer points for a home win. If you want to give each win and assign it a value of, of one, in the case of the net rankings in college basketball, a road win is worth 1.4. A neutral win is worth one. A home win is worth 0.6. And you can, you can reverse the scale. A road loss is only worth minus 0.6. If you lose at a neutral site, it's minus one point. And if you lose at home, it's a bigger loss, minus 1.4. Then they have scoring margin. How bad do you beat the bad teams? How bad do you beat the good teams? How much did you lose by? All of those things need to be considered. The net rankings in college basketball, they include winning percentage, adjusted winning percentage based on home losses, road wins, neutral sites. Then they factor in the margin of victory. How bad do you beat the bad teams? As the main complaint, 
for all these teams that I feel like should have been in the college football playoff. People are like, who did they play? Who did Alabama play? Who did Tennessee play? They play these shit teams on their schedule. Yeah, because it's part of the it, it's part of the scheduling process in college football, and it's a stupid argument, and it shouldn't be considered. And how bad did they beat them? Well, they beat them 72 to nothing. Okay, so they went out and handled business, and clearly they dominated. But then they played on the road in a hostile environment with 150,000 people at the fucking game, and they lost by two points. That has to factor in to where these teams end up getting ranked. But instead, we just sit back and go, well, how did their wins and their losses look? I don't know. If you put Alabama in the same schedule as, let's say, I don't know, a TCU, they go undefeated, and it's not it's not a question. If you put Tennessee in TCU's schedule, they go undefeated, and it's not a question. But Tennessee has to play Georgia and Alabama. And they get screwed over because they're in a way better conference and they have to play way harder competition. And the home field and and, a, and the, the home field advantage in the SEC is arguably the best in the country as well. So when you're already matched up against an incredibly tough opponent and you have to deal with crowd noise and you have to deal with things like injuries, it can end up turning into one play, one fumble. One call by the referee, and all of a sudden, boom, there's your second loss. Doesn't matter what you did the rest of the year. Doesn't matter if you were dominating for most of the game. Doesn't matter. You lost the game. Boom, you're done. Two losses. See you later. What we're going to see with the 12-team playoff is we're going to see the inclusion of a few more SEC teams because a lot of SEC because a lot of SEC teams end up finishing in the top 12, and the first four are going to get a bye, whether that already includes a couple SEC teams or not. We're going to have uh, five or six or seven SEC teams in the top 12 when it expands to 12 teams. A couple are going to be in the top four, and they're going to get the bye, and a few are going to be playing in those first rounds of the college football playoff. And then what we're going to see is matchups between different conferences against the SEC, and when it gets down to the final eight, we're going to have five or six or even seven SEC teams. When it gets down to the final eight, let's be more, a little more realistic. When it gets down to the final eight, we're going to have five SEC teams. And then when it gets down to the final four, we're going to have three SEC teams. And then all of a sudden, people aren't going to have shit to say because the SEC is going to be dominating college football. And they'll all get the opportunity to get into the college football playoff and not have to play against each other and showcase how good they really are. Because if you honestly want to sit back and tell me that Alabama would have gotten beat the same way as TCU did in the national championship, you are dead wrong. Tennessee played Georgia this year. Didn't get beat that bad. That's for damn sure. And I want to make another thing clear because I, I want people to understand in the current format and the current value system that the college football playoff committee uses, TCU deserved to be in the college football playoff this year. Absolutely unequivocally. There's no doubt about it. They 100% deserve to be in the college football playoff. But when you sit there and tell me that TCU is better than Tennessee, TCU is better than Alabama, you're just dead wrong. You are dead, dead, dead wrong. And also, somebody needs to do something about the power that these guys have in the college football playoff committee. It's just a bunch of dudes who just sit around 
and just vote on who they think is the best. Well, I think, I mean, these guys looked pretty good. I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, these guys, uh, well, they did end up winning the game. So I guess if they won it. Even if it was on the last play, there was three really bad pass interference calls on the drive. I mean, they won. So, you know, I mean, I think they, like, what is that? Why? Why are we still doing this in 2023? Why do we have these random old white dudes that are deciding the fate of these college football playoff teams? It's so stupid. Use numbers. Use metrics. Use value systems. And if they did that, and if they do that, going into the expanded college football playoff, you're going to see more inclusions of SEC teams. And then when the SEC teams get into the college football playoff with 12, they're going to beat all the other teams in all the other conferences. It is what it's going to be. And every time you include Alabama in the college football playoff so far, they've either gotten to the national championship or won the national championship. And every time they've had to play anybody else outside of the SEC, they have destroyed them. The only exception being Clemson and Trevor Lawrence, who is potentially a generational type player. So when it's all said and done, the expansion of the playoff will expose everybody who is anti-SEC, who thinks everybody in the, has an SEC bias, including myself. Everybody thinks, oh, you got an SEC bias. It's not a bias. It's a 100% factual value assessment. You have to sit back and look at it objectively. So many people put in their feelings. They consider, oh, well, this, these guys deserved it more. What does that even mean? I don't care how you feel about a team. I don't care if they inspire you. I don't care if they have a cool story. In TCU's case, they went undefeated and, and then lost in the conference championship game. And that right there should have shown people that, hey, you know what? They're a good team, but they're not one of the top four. But in the case of the way the college football playoff system ranking works right now and how they vote on it, they get in. So to recap, to recap. Here, here's the bottom line logic from my perspective. TCU gets blown out by Georgia in the national championship. My argument is if the value for each team and the ranking system would include adjusted winning percentage like college basketball net rankings do, and you assign more value for road wins, you assign less value for road losses, you consider all things into the puzzle, and you actually determine based on talent and offensive and defensive efficiency and metrics and numbers, you actually determine who the best teams are, TCU never even finds themselves sniffing the college football playoff. But because of the current situation and because of how it's formatted and how these old white dudes in the college football playoff committee value these teams, TCU earned it because they went undefeated in the regular season in a conference that is half as good as the SEC. And now, with the expanded playoff in 12 teams, you're going to see the inclusion of five or six SEC teams almost on a yearly basis. 
And after the first round of the playoff, there's going to be eight teams remaining and more than half are going to be SEC teams. And then when you get to the final four, three of them are going to be SEC teams. And everybody's going to sit back and go, wow, maybe the SEC is leaps and bounds better than every other conference. That's exactly what's going to happen. In the current format and current situation, TCU deserved to be in. And I don't think they were a bad team. But by the logic that a lot of people use about how this team's better than that team, Michigan's better than Ohio State, Tennessee's better than Alabama. Why? Because they beat them head-to-head. Okay, well, let's do a little bit of deductive reasoning here. Alabama killed Kansas State. And Kansas State beat TCU. So is Alabama better than TCU? My argument would be take the head-to-head out of it and look at it objectively from a value and metric system Yes, Alabama is better than TCU, but because of the current system and because of TCU going undefeated in the regular season and earning it, they get into the playoff and Alabama doesn't. If you want a true top four best teams this season, it should have been Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, and Tennessee. Those were the best four teams in the country. With everybody healthy. With everybody healthy, the top four teams is Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, and Tennessee. And TCU-Michigan was super entertaining. But the national championship game was Georgia and Ohio State. The winner of that game was going to be the undisputed national champion. But what if it was Michigan and Ohio State? Michigan already beat them. Clearly, that doesn't matter. Because, again, if you want to go by that deductive reasoning, well, Michigan beat Ohio State. But TCU beat Michigan. And Ohio State played against Georgia, barely lost to them, And then TCU played against Georgia and got their break speed off. If you sit there and use head-to-head matchups as one of your deciding and determining factors of a team's value, and you just don't include things like, uh, you you just forget about teams, or uh, you forget about contributing factors like home field advantage, neutral site, injuries, penalties, defensive and offensive efficiency, level of competition, then you don't know anything about college football. And I understand that that's all we have, right? That's all we have is head-to-head because that's the nature of football. You can only play a certain number of games. You can't play seven-game series against each other. But at the end of the day, the SEC is the dominant uh, conference, and – I think if you wanted to put in the top four teams in the country this year, as far as how good they were, you'd have put in the the four that I mentioned with Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, Tennessee. So listen, guys, that's going to do it for me. All right. I spent a lot of time ranting here. Congratulations to Georgia, by the way. I wanted to say congratulations to Georgia. They certainly deserved it. Uh, They were far and away the best team in college football this year, all right? But at the end of the day, it's incredibly disappointing to get all this hype, see TCU battle against Michigan, and then TCU goes up against a team like Georgia, and they get killed. What that shows me is that Michigan's win over Ohio State was a bit of a fluke because Ohio State just didn't show up to play. It shows me that Michigan was not that good. It showed me that TCU was not that good. And it shows me that the SEC plus Ohio State is consistently the best. So 
with all that said, guys, I hope uh, you guys enjoyed this episode. And uh, ultimately, we'll see what happens with the rest of college football. But college football is over, and now we got to move on to the NFL. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this brief episode 52 of the Phenomenal Fan Podcast. Uh, check us out on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, greatly appreciate it. Check us out on YouTube, guys. Go to the YouTube and subscribe to the channel. I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. And otherwise, we will catch you guys on episode 53 of the Phenomenal Fan Podcast. Adios. Thanks for listening to the Phenomenal Fan Podcast. Want more? Follow us on social media and subscribe to Patreon for exclusive content.